Welcome to Fresh Perspective, a podcast presented by Recycling Today. Fresh Perspective features young professionals in the scrap and recycling industry, offering insights from the next generation of industry leaders. Guests share their stories of what led them to the scrap industry and new ideas on industry trends. Tune in to hear stories from scrap processors, traders, operators, and more who are starting to lead in this space. Fresh Perspective is beginning an ongoing dialogue with future executives of the industry. Hi, my name is Megan Smalley, and I'm with Recycling Today magazine. Welcome to the Fresh Perspective podcast. I'm here today with Abhijay Goenka, who is Vice President of Steel Bro International, which is based in New York City. The company focuses on processing and exporting non-ferrous scrap. Abhijay began his career in management consulting before he joined the scrap industry in 2013. So thanks for coming on the show today, Abhijay. How are things going? Things are great, Megan. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So to get things started, could you tell me a little bit about yourself? What do you do in the scrap industry currently on a day-to-day basis at Steelbro? And what is it like to work for the company? And also, what do you do for fun when you're not working in scrap? Sure. Yeah. So uh, about myself, I'm, I'm born and raised in New York, so I've been on the East Coast my entire life. Uh, and, and it's a family business, so I grew up around the business. I grew up seeing my father doing scrap metal, and it was something that was always highly intriguing for me. Uh, joined about eight years back uh, after having done some uh, management consulting, as you mentioned. And within the business, I, I wear many hats. So um, primarily, I'm, I'm buying and selling scrap metal, trying to trying to grow the business. But I do a lot of business development work, both domestically and internationally, which means I'm on the road a whole lot. Uh, and then outside of that, just anything that involves managing the business. So I do a lot of accounting. I do some logistics. I help set up a lot of our operations. And on days that I despise, I'm often uh, the IT guy as well. Now, so you said your family owned Steelbro. You grew up in the business and grew up in the scrap industry. What was it like growing up in the industry? Did you always intend to work for the family business or did you want to try something different? Yeah, growing up in the business was 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 fun. Um, it was something that I always was around. I remember in middle school, my father had me work my summers for a dollar an hour to earn an Xbox uh, doing contracts and other paperwork in the office. Um, So I was definitely involved and around the business quite a bit, but truly never understanding what it was. I was always, I remember being thoroughly confused on why my father was trading so much honey, not knowing that that was metal. Um, And I never, never thought to ask to clarify what it was. Uh, And another memory I had was um, in, in elementary school when I learned the Statue of Liberty was copper and remember, remembering that my, my father traded copper and, and dealt in copper and I, I wanted him to bring in some copper so I can uh, bring it to show and tell and say, hey, this is what my, my family does. Uh, so it was something uh, that always intrigued me, always excited. Um, but to, to be honest, I didn't necessarily know whether I would join the family business probably until college. Um, so in, in college, I, I was pretty finance focused. Uh, I went to NYU. When I graduated, I pivoted into management consulting, but I necessarily wasn't passionate about scrap metal just yet. I was, I was more excited about running a business. Uh, so management consulting was great because it, it introduced me to a lot of companies and a lot of different industries um, and it gained some foundational skills. Um, and then I, I decided to join the family business at that time. There was a, an interesting opportunity to, to grow the business, uh, to, to travel a bit. We were looking to expand into uh, Europe quite a bit more than we had. 
uh, we had a partner that was I was based in London. Um, so he would take me under his wings. I'd get to travel a bunch. I'd get to learn. Um, and it would be a nice opportunity to, to, to grow the business and learn the business with some independence. Um, so that's that's what ultimately brought me in when I did, uh, despite being a few years earlier than I had anticipated. And and thank God I did. I mean, I, I of course, still love the idea of running a business, but I fell in love with this industry. Just the opportunity to meet so many people, to travel so much, to to work in an industry that's so tied to global macroeconomic events and so dynamic. I would not have had it any other way. And then I'm excited that I still have a long, long path to go within it. Got it. Now, what was it like for you transitioning from the management consulting into the scrap industry those first few years? And did anybody kind of take you under their wing to kind of help you out? What was it like those early years? It was it was incredible. The biggest thing I remember when I joined the industry was how important how how important relationships were and how important having a strong network was. And of course, having just joined the industry, not having any such network, uh, which was quite intimidating. I would attend some of the early conventions. I would visit some scrapyards. Uh, obviously, I, I didn't at that time. I couldn't tell copper from aluminum, so I was quite nervous. But I would say the average person in this industry, especially when they can tell you're you're relatively fresh and new, they're just excited to have new blood. Um, so there were there were a number of people that really took me under the wing, really taught me taught me the metals and taught me the stuff. Of course, within the family, um, my father and my uncle were in it, so they they I spent a lot of time traveling with them, learning everything there was, uh, being able to identify copper versus aluminum. Uh, but even all the all the customers, many of which all of which pretty much were, were we do business with till date, um, they they knew my father, they knew our company, they knew they they knew of me, and they were more than happy to to really take me under the wing and, and teach me the the alphabets of this of this industry, which uh, I couldn't have done without it. So because of that, the transition was great. Uh, it's definitely a different world going from you know a large multinational uh, consulting company. Uh, but at the end of the day, what makes those businesses tick and what makes the businesses within our industry tick is still relationships. Uh, and, and that's what I really learned in those two years prior to joining the business was how to manage, foster, build relationships. And that really just became accelerated once I joined the scrap metal industry. Um, and, and it's been a fantastic experience. Awesome. And what would you say are some lessons that you learned early on in your career from some of these people who helped and served as mentors to you? Uh, one thing a lot of the mentors and people who admired within this industry did was a act honestly and act with integrity, which which I would have expected uh, just knowing those people. But the amount of patience and the amount of care they had when dealing with each other. Uh, at the end of the day, it is scrap metal. There, there are things that go wrong. There are things that go right. Um, there are frustrations. But the people that I found in the long run tend to be successful, tend to really build a name for themselves and grow, are those that keep their patience, keep their cool, and are always looking to lend a hand where possible. Uh, so, of course, we're all in it as a business. We're all trying to make our, our pennies and nickels and dimes. Uh, but those that were willing to look past that and and help those around them, help them build their businesses, help them learn and help everyone just become better people uh, and, and service this community. Uh, those are the ones that really in the long run uh, excel. And uh, that was that was the biggest thing I took away. Awesome. Now, 
The Steel Row, how has the company really changed since you joined the business about eight years ago? Well, it's a funny story. Um, it's the, the business has, has changed a lot. Uh, of course, we're, we're still focused on the exports of non-ferrous scrap, but it's a, an incredibly dynamic and evolving industry. And that impacts what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. So when we when we when I first joined the business, uh, most of our business was going towards China. Um, of course, there's been a lot of uh, policy changes with uh, with within China, and of course, the relationship with China and the U.S. And we've seen a lot of our business pivot from uh, Far East over to South Asia, uh, and that impacts where we're traveling to. It impacts where we keep our people. That impacts uh, who we're talking to on a day to day basis, um, and and that that has been a, a big change. Um, another thing that has happened, we've, we've expanded kind of the markets we deal in. Now we're dealing with uh, a lot of Far East countries. We're dealing with a lot of European countries. We're um, sourcing from both North America, South America, and Europe. So our, our global reach, both on a procurement as well as sales network has, has dramatically changed. And that's also allowed us to become more creative and flexible. So when we when I started, we were pretty focused on certain items um, that that we we said, hey, this is this is our specialty, and now we we pivot and we say we are specialized in the export markets, not in any particular commodities. Whatever the export markets are fostering at that given time, if we're doing our job correct, we should be on top of and we should have we should have our finger on the pulse, and and that's what's been happening. Um, so that's been very exciting. It keeps things uh, pretty dynamic. From my side, we we've also started looking a little bit more into domestic markets. We've created a couple of partnerships domestically. We handle some, uh, we have a, a scrap facility in Chicago where we're processing and handling tool steels and high-speed steels, as well as a little bit of non-ferrous and just dabbling into some of the physical operations. It's been uh, another fun experiment of ours. It's not our core business, but it's something that uh, uh, that we've been doing recently. And it's also been a, a fun addition to the, to the business. Got it. Yeah, definitely. The industry has changed in the last decade quite a bit. So just thinking this last year, how have markets been so far up through this summer and how has that affected business? Well, the markets have been fun. I mean, I, I think you can ask anyone, anyone that's working in this industry right now. It's uh, it, it keeps you awake. It keeps you on your toes and, and uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't let you ever get too relaxed. Uh, of, of course, I think most people have been pretty happy with uh, the direction and, and the way the markets went over the last two years. But especially with us kind of uh, working on the, on the on the trade side, focus on the export side, there's just always something going on. When the market goes up, there's pros and cons that you have to think about. When the market goes down, there are pros and cons that you think about. And then there have been a lot of trade regulations that have come out um, that have impacted scrap metal flows, that have impacted uh, work streams and how we handle scrap. It also handle impacts um, the, the quality requirements and what we're looking for when we're talking to scrapyards about what type of package they should produce, what are the things there, the people in their yard who are sorting the material, what they should think about. And hey, every single day has been an absolutely, absolutely new day, which on the positive side, it means uh, with the partners that I have, I'm constantly talking to them because something they told me yesterday doesn't isn't, isn't valid today, which just gives me a great excuse to call them and see how the day is going. So it's been, uh, it's been fun. Now you're currently involved with ISRI and its Young Executives Committee. What has work on that been like for you? And is there anything going on with the association that you would want 
people to know about. If anyone who's listening is a, is a young executive, please get involved in Isri Young Executive. That's that's not even me trying to do good by my role and, and, and try to make myself look better. I think that has been that council and the activities they they put together and, and host have been one of the biggest, biggest benefits, biggest help, uh, biggest avenues for growth that I personally had within this industry. And I just would love for anyone that hasn't had a chance to experience it to to really get involved and experience it. Um, so as you touched on, one one big goal that I've had over the last year or so and then moving forward is to get as involved in Israel as possible. Uh, so currently I'm the vice co-chair of the Young Executive Council alongside Rob Wise and currently uh, being co-chaired by uh, Sam Shine and Sean Dowd. Um, we host the, our, our council with the greater membership. We host a number of events at the annual convention at some of the chapter conventions. Um, there's also a, a annual event that's hosted by the chapters uh, called the BYAB, which this year was held in uh, Tacoma. Uh, and, and overall, the, the, the function of these events, first and foremost, again, is the networking. I can't talk about it enough. Uh, coming into this industry and not having that network, not having that group of people you know, it's daunting, it's intimidating. And through this council, through these events, I've really built a strong network that has a huge impact on my ability to attend, for example, the national convention and just feel comfortable walking up to people, talking to people and, and building my personal brand, knowing that there are a number of people there that aren't friends with me because we do business, um, even if we may do business. But they're friends because we've hung out at these events and they're just genuinely good people. And I like them. They like me. And, and that makes a world of difference. Um, so networking is a big, big part of it. Uh, Education is also fantastic. We at Steelbro, our niche is export non-ferrous. Uh, I know very little about buying from industrial accounts, how to run a shredder, how to how to manage multiple scrapyards and, and manage the flows and inflows between them. Building this network, being able to sit down and talk with these uh, future leaders of these businesses, it's been it's been incredible um, and, a, and a fantastic learning experience. So I'll say it again, if you're a young executive, please get involved in the Young Executive Council. And if you're not, take advantage of everything ISRI has to offer. Uh, there, there's just so much ISRI does from a legal standpoint, from an advocacy standpoint, education and training, and so much more. Now, I want to talk a little bit about challenges and logistics we've heard has been an issue for a while and affected trading patterns. How have logistics and some of the challenges associated with that affected your company in recent years? And what does it look like today for you guys? I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say logistics has been the biggest headache for myself, for this company, and probably for a whole lot of other people uh, in this industry over the last couple of years. So yes, logistics is very top of mind uh, and trying to figure out how to, how to manage it has been, has been, um, has been key. Uh, if anyone has any secret recipes, please let me know because we're still trying to figure it out. Um, but I do qualify by saying, listen, last, last two years, last two plus years have been very good for, for the industry has been very good for, uh, our business, despite everything that's happened, but logistics has put a bit of a downward pressure on it. And then that's, that's across the board. Uh, if you're moving domestically truckers and trucking capacity has been all over the place. And, and particularly for export, there's been a whole myriad of issues with container availabilities, uh, with drainage capacities, with vessel capacities, with vessel delays, all of which lead to a lack of predictability, 
a lack of reliability um, and and the number a number of delays when you're running an operation um, and running a, a with many scrapyards a, a quite a large and cumbersome operation logistics not running well becomes a real big headache so that's something we've been we've been trying to trying to navigate and the way we've done it first off our our logistics team and kudos to them they they, they do a great job dealing with a lot of annoyances uh, but we've dramatically grown our, our, our logistics team. We have a number of people working on it. Um, we are constantly talking with the shipping lines to get any sort of information we can um, and get ahead of any potential issues or delays that we can. And uh, we we make sure we have a bunch of extra slack. So again, with, with bookings, we, we have extra bookings on most of our major lanes uh, and we are constantly just trying to forecast and, and get ahead of any problems that may arise. Um, other things that have happened, um, particularly off the West Coast, shipping to the South Asian region has become more of a challenge. So we've had to uh, pull back, uh, at least for our South Asian materials, particularly India and, and Pakistan, uh, from the West Coast markets, uh, which which has been less than ideal. Um, we're hoping those lanes come back pretty soon uh, and come back at affordable rates and, and reliable uh, operations pretty soon. And we've seen that across the board. Oftentimes when we talk to talk to scrapyards, the price is no longer the primary factor for whether they do a deal or not. More important than the price is, hey, can you move the cargo? When can you move it? Um, how long will it take? And hopefully they find that we're doing a good job. We're, we're putting a lot of effort into it. But that's something that we are being very, very cognizant of, making sure that things run smoothly, reliably, and predictably as much as possible. So one other challenge that we've noticed is hiring what are some ways that the scrap industry could do a better job of getting people into the industry and what has maybe worked for Steelbro? Well, I think the biggest thing, which industry has been doing a fantastic job of is presenting scrap metal recycling for what it is. It is an industry that is key to the future. It is a sustainable industry and it's a green industry. Uh, oftentimes people that look at scrap metal for the first time, they look at marketing material, they have a misconception. And they, they don't realize just how good their work that they would do is. Um, that's that's a, a real big pivot that has, has for Silver and I, I imagine for many companies, has made a big impact on their ability to hire. People want to feel empowered and want to feel good about the work they're doing. Of course, there's hiring across many levels. So sometimes that, that person might be working online or they might be working in a, in a cushioned office. Um, but at the end of the day, they're, they're, the work that they do does make a big difference. Um, and it's work that I'm passionate about and most people in this industry are quite passionate about. So what's the best, what's the key to getting people in the door and getting them to stay is getting them to understand that passion. Uh, what I've found is that once they understand the work, once they get that passion, they want to grow. They want to stay. They want to grow. They don't want to leave. Um, and, and again, kudos to Isri. They've been doing a fantastic job of it. Um, and that's just that's just what we got to keep doing. Got it. And so aside from logistics and hiring, are there any other issues you see that are impacting the scrap recycling industry this year? And why would you say that is? And how is your company working through some of those issues? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, markets would be the third one. But markets, logistics, and hiring have created a, a real perfect storm that make things challenging. Uh, on our end, when when you have a falling market, as we've experienced over the last several weeks, uh, you start running into some uh, some risks when you, when you're shipping overseas. 
Uh, and that's that's where Stillbro's value comes into play. Uh, if it was easy to sell overseas, everyone would do it. Um, but we we have our specialties and we have our infrastructure and we have our teams in place to manage it. Uh, but it but it has been a headache. For example, in in India, Steelbro has a number of warehouses built out. We have uh, over twenty people uh, on the ground constantly uh, talking with our customers, visiting the yards, inspecting material. Uh, we also have our own company in India as well. If if we ever need to, for whatever reason, take possession of the cargo, hold it, process it ourselves, uh, the capabilities are all there. Uh, that makes a big difference. Um, at the end of the day, you're dealing with fantastic people, you're dealing with fantastic companies, uh, but the markets are volatile. They get tricky and then people run into issues. So anything we can do to help our customers uh, to secure our positions and make sure everything is executed as smoothly as possible is something we we are we are keen to do. Um, and I think uh, that particularly in, in the last in a market like the last few weeks becomes becomes key. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I've said it multiple times, relationships are very, very important. Uh, and that's with every part of, of the trade. That's with our suppliers, that's with our customers, that's with the steamship lines. And uh, sometimes it helps when you have the infrastructure and the resources in place to lend a helping hand when one of those stakeholders are, are in trouble. Um, so that's that's really been what Steelbro has been trying to work through. And, and I think we've done a good job of it. And I hope you keep doing a good job of it. Awesome. And as a final question, where do you see the scrap industry heading in the next couple of years? And I guess, what do you hope to see happen? What are some changes you hope might occur? I really love the scrap industry. I think it's a fantastic, fantastic industry. And I love the direction it's heading in. At the end of the day, this is a business about sustainability and about this environment's future and the global environment's future. And I, I love to see some of the trends that are happening. You have a big focus on carbon neutral, uh, you have a big focus on proper enforcement of, of recycling practices. In many overseas markets, you are seeing a shift where they are looking at what are our companies importing and how are they processing it. Now, it's a mixed bag. It does create some challenges when it impacts trade flows. But the, the core of it is let's make sure that what these players in this industry are doing are correct. And I'm, I'm a strong proponent of it. There are wrong ways of doing things and there are correct ways of doing things. The correct ways are the sustainable green methods of recycling that are key to the future. And I would like to see the people that do it properly succeed. And, and that's that's what we're seeing. That's where we're seeing a shift where people are starting to pay attention and, and those that care about the environment and care about what we're doing, they're the ones that are in a position to succeed. And I, and I love to see it. So overall, where I see this future, I see this future becoming a key part and a key voice and a key player in the overall shift towards sustainability and and the green movement and i would love to see more and more people really take that to heart and become the center of this movement great well thank you so much for coming on the show today abby j it's been good having you oh this has been such a pleasure thank you so much love talking about scrap and love talking about this industry and if anyone out there wants to reach out and talk some more i would love to do it 